I want to greet you in that name, the name of Jesus. Is that, um, there we go. I think it, um, is it on now? Sort of testing, check. There we go. It uh, it's green, yeah. Green means go. <laughs> so we will do that. I want to greet you in the name of Jesus because as as um, because that is the name that binds all of us together. Um, I sh- I, I'm disorganized, so you just have to excuse me. I should have, I should have, with the PowerPoint, I, I could have and maybe should have uh, brought a picture of my family. I love uh, my boys and my my wife. Uh, we we both, my wife and I, both grew up in Pennsylvania, in Buffalo Valley. Uh, Shady Grove was was my home church growing up. And um, my wife and I got married in 93, 9-11, I love that, I love telling people, we got married on 9-11, and uh, soon after 9-11-2001, people would say, really, you got married in 9-11, well yeah, but it was before 9-11 meant uh, disaster, and I say our marriage is nowhere close to what that implies, so we have a, we have a great marriage, uh, but we got married in, in 93 and then uh, went to Hillcrest in 95. And my wife and I both worked in the kitchen there. So that uh, um, last weekend they had a 20th reunion here in Indiana somewhere. And uh, for that, for that 95, 96 year, we'd have loved to come, but it was... Uh, it just wasn't wasn't possible to to come to see a lot of friends. That was a, that was a great little over a year we were there, about thirteen or fourteen months, thirteen months. And then we kind of we went back to Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, we were uh, Linda was pregnant with Jared, our oldest son, and she kind of wanted to move back home to to have him there and. You know, we had kind of done our duty to do what God was asking us to, and that was kind of the way maybe both of us felt. I'm not sure. But um, it was only months after, well, it only seemed like months. It was probably half a year or so when uh, Brother Joe Peachy came and wondered if we would consider moving to Canada. And um, me being young and flighty and, you know, I was like, hey, sure, let's go. Um, But my wife was, her picture, she had been at PWTC under uh, Northern Youth Programs. And her and Judith... 
She was a Glick at the time. She is now a um, married to a guy from Antrim. Henry Hostetler's, uh, yeah, Titus. What's it? I forget his last name right now. But um, anyhow, those two by themselves went up to a reserve in northern Manitoba, Nelson House, Manitoba. And uh, I'm not even sure they would do that anymore. Uh, to send two girls up alone on a reserve like that. My wife talks about experiences there that um, and that were, um, you know, they, they weren't bad, but they were just a little scary. And so that was kind of her picture of Canada. And uh, I remember, we, boy, we, uh, we prayed, we cried, we struggled, and... Um, Finally, we decided we could go. They had wanted us to go, I think, just shortly after James and Glad left, which was probably August or September. And um, we didn't move till December. We'll also never do that again. Uh, well, we got there, and it was, it was cold, to say the least. And uh, the days were short. You know, by 4 o'clock, you're looking at the sun going down by 4, 4.30 and not coming back up till 8 or 8.30 the next morning. Um, but we were going to be, we, you know, we were going to put our three years in there. That was in December of 1997. But I don't know what happened. Five boys later... Uh, and many years of of um, just walking with people who God has put a special love um, for in our hearts, we're still there. And um, people like John Paul and Norman, and and then we think of many others who've even passed on. Selomikas, uh, Aglaba, James. Those are people that James and Glad hung out with and and knew and loved and. And um, Elijah Stoney, and and you know, just many people that that um, you know, God took us there, and and um, now it's home. Uh, most of my boys were born there. Uh, most of our boys were born there, and um, we just really enjoy uh, the. The life, life in Red Lake. Uh, it's it's um, it's not quite what I was used to growing up, obviously, but um, but just good to see people of different cultures and races who love the same Jesus, and and. Um, the perspectives of life experiences and all the different things that come together on a Sunday morning uh, in worship uh, of our great God and his son Jesus through the Holy Spirit is, is quite an incredible experience. just want to say I've felt uh, confirmed by the Spirit here this morning already. I appreciate the, what I've felt here and what I've sensed here. Um, just really appreciate that uh, this morning.
So as James already alluded to, um, you know, we came down for, for John Paul's birthday and stuff and oh, just some of the crazy stuff. My three oldest boys decided, well, if dad's going to leave, we're going to leave too. And so they took a trip to British Columbia, which is clear out on the West Coast. So they're there this morning worshiping with a friend of theirs um, that they got to know in Red Lake. And um, my wife yesterday morning said she had to turn the furnace on a little bit to take the chill off of the house. And um, I said, whew, I'm coming back home. Thank you. Uh, But certainly enjoy our ties here uh, with James and Gladys. I have a brother who lives over in Goshen area, um, who's married to uh, Randall Riegsecker's daughter. Some of you might know Randall. And um, so there's ties here. I just, I appreciate it. I, I love, I love culture. I love, you know, the, the differences and all that stuff coming together to worship God. I really, really enjoy that. Somebody asked me this morning if I have a title for uh, my message. And um, again, because I'm so organized, I usually have that first. No, just kidding. Uh, but I, I suppose if I would put a message to it, um, I might just title it Salt. Salt. Um, I suppose the more I walk with people or the more I look around us and see the incredible brokenness that is people. Uh, there's, there's two things with that. One is the cry for help from people, and, but sometimes it's how they express that cry for help. The Bible does warn us and tell us that, that uh, the days will get more evil. So sometimes I sarcastically laugh at people who who um, mutter and bemoan the fact that what we see around us is bad. When the Bible says it's going to happen. The other aspect of that is is the, the postmodern era that we live in with, with all the stuff that keeps coming at us. Through technology, through easy travel, through the things that we enjoy, uh, getting to know other people across the world, really, across the globe, which 100 years ago was a lot harder to do, even 50 years ago, would have been a lot harder to do than it is today. And we have all these voices Screaming to be heard. And um, one of the things I hear, especially from some younger people, is this simple question. Who's right? Who's right? As we listen to all these voices that are screaming at us. uh, Some of it's good. Some of it's not so good. Because they're not all right. But how do we 
how do we differentiate between all that? And I, I, I don't know always. I, I really don't know. I, but I do think that one of the things that's extremely important is our relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't, we can't even stress that enough. Uh, in my devotions, I was reading, and I, I, I'm not going to necessarily turn to that, but there's a verse that I probably read. I just, I've just never stopped to think about it, where Jesus was kind of chiding some of the religious people, and he says, you think you have life in the scriptures. He says, I'm the life. You have, to let, you have to find the life through me. And so I think our relationship with Jesus Christ is extremely important. And if we want to have influence and be either heard or, or have influence among the thousands and maybe even tens of thousands of voices that are screaming to be heard, I think the only thing that's going to matter is that relationship. Mark Gunger says, it's not the way we act in life, it's the way we react in life. And he's talking in, in a marriage, in, in marriage and in dating and all that stuff is what he's talking about. I think it applies to all of life. It's how we react to life. It's not whether we're going to have life, it's not whether we're going to run into hard stuff, it's not whether we're going to experience bad stuff. It's how we react to that. Because we can act as long as there's, no, there's nothing really bad going on. We, we can put up, we can act. We, we all do it, I think. I do it. It's when trouble hits. Uh, Jesus you know, told his disciples, you're going to have trouble in this world. You're going to have trouble. But don't be afraid, because I've overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So we need to cling to Jesus. We need to really know that Jesus is the one. I'd like to just read a few verses out of Matthew chapter uh, 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. I'll be reading from the, the NIV where Jesus uh, tells those who were listening to him, you, uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Sometimes with all that's going on, we might feel or even act like this bird that 
Norman and I were watching and that James and Gladys said, oh, that thing's been doing that for a while. Uh, there's a cardinal over at their place that uh, is flying over to that little car that's sitting there and looking in the mirror and fighting with himself. He's, he's banging on the mirror and he's flopping around there. It, it just looked funny. And I was, I was thinking this morning, sometimes I, I almost feel like that sometimes, right? Like uh, we just have all this stuff coming in when we're supposed to be and, and Jesus is saying we are the salt. We're the flavor that is put here to put flavor to life, to put some perspective to life, to put some, yeah, to have some answers for the, for the many people who are asking, what is life like? What, what's it about anyhow? Why are we here? Jesus says we are that salt. But if we lose that, see, if we lose that, if, if the salt loses its flavor, and I like that, I, I want that to be the encouragement here this morning. If we don't have the answer, if the church doesn't have the answer, then who does? Like, we, we just, like, that, that can get hopeless in a hurry. And it's not about, you know, perhaps it's about how we react to the hard times. I, I really think, I just really think that that's important. Because when people only see us in the good times, when people only see us living life, when everything's going good, there's no real test there. And I think some of that was talked about even in the Sunday school this morning. Uh, you know, that God doesn't, God allows tests to come sometimes. And, and sometimes those come in the form of some very hurtful, deep, hurtful, painful stuff. Things we'd rather not face, things we'd rather not go through. But I can guarantee you, when those things come, people are watching. How are they going to handle that? How are, you go- how are they going to respond to that? How are they going to... Uh, how are they going to treat those people that have mistreated them? Jesus talks about that. I think that's where the saltiness comes in. Uh, our family went through an experience that um, that made forgiveness uh, a very... Um, Well, it was probably either forgive or not, maybe not physically die, but for sure spiritually. Forgiveness had to be part of our working our way through this painful, painful experience. And the world doesn't understand that. The world does not understand that. And I'm finding even some Christians don't understand and I just I'm just saying what for Bible are you reading like where's your salt where is 
the teachings of Jesus in your life that we forgive those who offend us and who do wrong to us. And I just think that's, that's very important in, in a world where even some Christian counseling is all about making sure that you're happy and that you're taking care of yourself and there's not much forgiveness. There's not much uh, about treating that other, the, the person who's wronged us with uh, forgiveness. That being said, that also means that, you know, hard times will come. We talked about, I think I heard some of that in Sunday school. I was kind of thinking ahead a little bit. So, but I, just, I was just kind of listening with one ear. And, um, um, you know, they're like legitimate children, God's legitimate children, or maybe this was a conversation earlier, I don't know, are tested. So we're t- we're tested, and it's just never easy. I just I just don't find it easy. I don't find it fun. I don't find it um, something I like. Yeah, let's go through that again. Like I just don't find that. Uh, but I think Jesus was just saying, "You're the salt. You are that." And it's not by how we treat life when life is going good. It's about how we treat life when life is really going bad. That we have the chance to be salt and light as he talks about. We're also the light of the world. So my encouragement is often for people who say, oh, it's just so bad out there. Yep, that's you're probably right. But that's... Uh, the darker the world gets, the brighter even a little light shines. The brighter, the darker the world is, and 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 I don't have to remind us that it does seem to be getting darker. Uh, the things that we face, the questions that we face that we didn't even ten years ago, uh, as Christians, as people who believe in the Word of God, uh, what are we going to do with some of that stuff? Um, our, our moral compass in as a nation, as a North American nation, you know, it's well, I, you know, I don't need to say a whole lot, but but those are questions that we ask. Well, we're the light. We are the light. Jesus said, "You're the light of the world," and we don't hide that light. Okay, we don't put it under the bed. Uh, I I suppose they would have got that a little better because we have light bulbs that we flip on with a switch and it's just there's instant light uh, but maybe a way to ask is that you know we um, we don't make it a habit at least of building a house and putting lights putting our lighting inside our cupboards or under our couches we tend to put lights up on the wall or on the ceiling so that at night it lights that up. And Jesus is just saying, that's you. You know, you don't, you don't hide your light. You don't, you don't uh, put it somewhere where people can't see it. And I believe he was talking about our faith. I believe he was talking about our relationship with him. We don't hide that. 
we we let it out we put it out there so that people can see in the same way let your light shine that they can see your good deeds and glorify your father which is in heaven so even when we react to life when we react to the things and we don't you know we don't always we don't we hardly well i hardly ever do it right real right but that's why we keep working and we keep asking god to to purify us and to cleanse us and to sanctify us so that we can so that our light shines and other people can say you know what those those people are a little creepy and a little crazy sometimes but just maybe there's a god just maybe there's a jesus just maybe there is something to this thing that they keep talking about and talk about behind their closed walls on Sunday morning. Maybe there really is something to that. Um, I find it, uh, well, I mean, I grew up in a beachy church, so, so uh, uh, team leadership was just part of, that's how I grew up. I didn't even realize anything different. Uh, and then five years ago, as our um, as our church at in Red Lake started going through some transition phases, I I, uh, I bought a business, and um, so it's kind of fun sometimes to be out there working and and um, in the course of conversation, people find out that I'm also a pastor at a church. Oh, really? And you work? I don't know. What, I don't know what they're thinking. Pastors don't work, right, James? Like they just. Uh, our building inspector, our, our my Pentecostal brother, really got actually quite irritated at the um, at our uh, building inspector. He goes, "Oh, you're a pastor. You work an hour on Sunday morning." <laughs> that kind of irritated him. But but that's kind of the mentality that if you're not in a team leadership or if uh, if you live in a community where uh, Mennonites or Anabaptists haven't necessarily been for uh, you know a long, long time, uh, people find that interesting. But I, but I, um, it, it sometimes opened up conversations, and I think we need to find the time to try and do that uh, during the week because many people aren't breaking our doors down to see if we are the light here, right? They're going to see it out there. They're going to see it in the everyday part of our lives. And I just, I feel like that's so vital and important to being salt and light. Uh, And sometimes there's conversations that come up where, you know, I, I have to take an hour off just because somebody's talking. And um, sometimes the, you know, the, oh, I should get busy because I'm, uh, I need to make some money uh, fights a little bit with just be quiet and listen because they have something to share. Because uh, they're not going to come Sunday morning. I know that. Most of those people aren't going to come Sunday morning to, to share that same thing. I have an opportunity 
to put a little bit of flavor and perspective in a life that is uh, searching for God, really. I mean, they, don't, they might not even know that. But they're, they're looking for, for life, the life that only Jesus can give through the Holy Spirit. So that I want that to be our encouragement this morning to just, um, you know, salt. You're, you are the salt. We are the salt. You are the light. You have the message. You have the answer. You don't necessarily, you might not have the answer to every problem, but you have the answer to sin's problem. To, to help people walk through things that don't make sense, whether that's people in here or people who have not yet um, received the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, into their lives. So I, I just want to encourage you to just think about that. Even this week, I often say uh, to, the, to, my, to the group at home, uh, that I pray that that God would give you that opportunity this week to just share a little bit of salt, a little bit of perspective, a little bit of light, a, a glimmer of hope to a person who you may never see again. But perhaps that person is going through something or will go through something that he'll think about the word or maybe it's an action. Maybe it's something you do for them. Listen to the prompting of the Spirit because that's the kind of stuff that creates salt and light to a world that is increasingly dark and a world that is increasingly crying for something that they don't know what they're crying for. And it expresses itself in crazy, unbelievable uh, ways. I just want to pray. I just want to pray for that. Father, as we um, just think about being salt and light and being your children, we are children of God. I just pray that as we go from here today and as we work this week or perhaps we go to a funeral, we'll be traveling. Uh, there's just many things uh, that I even heard on the, on, in the announcements and just different things that will be happening this week here in this community. I pray, Father, that you would give us the courage to put perspective and salt into somebody's life to put light, to give a glimmer of hope, to just be the person to point somebody in the direction of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world and to the one who saved us from the power of sin. So I pray your blessing on each one I pray that uh, I think of our home congregation this morning as they're probably just getting ready to meet even now. And I just pray, Father, that 
you would bless them with uh, a time of worship for you, worshiping you. And I pray the same for them as they um, as they worship today and as they as they go about their regular life the rest of this week. I pray that your name could be lifted, honored and glorified and that people could see the deeds that point to a Father in heaven. I pray this in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.